Thursday, September 15th here on the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast. Chuck Zada, Mark Schofield, and a whole lot of college football. Talking a little bit of Notre Dame with Deshaun Kaiser and really where we expect him to be going this year. Before we get into that, I do want to remind you that today's show is brought to you by Crossover Football, giving coaches the ability to break down game film in order to pull stats, searchable clips, tendency reports, and much more from both desktop and mobile solutions. To try one game for free, sign up for a demo at crossover.com slash pylon. That's crossover with a K dot com slash pylon. And you get one free breakdown when you sign up today. Mark, a lot of buzz about Kaiser coming out of that first week of action. Obviously, you know, that, that game against Texas, you saw just about everyone watching that. And a lot of people came out and Look, if the Twitter was any indication, and it is the Twitter for those of you not familiar with it, it seemed to me that people had kind of already moved him up to, you know, pick one in the first round. A little ahead of themselves, maybe. Yeah, probably a little ahead of themselves. And But look, before we dive into this, can we just point out for the listeners, the show turned one today. You know, I didn't, I'm not normally one for birthdays, but you are I, right. The, Look, uh, when you get to be my age, man, every birthday is a great feeling. Well, that's that's true. I, I can only hope to be uh, your age at some point, or maybe I should not hope to be your age, depending on how you look at it. But yeah, this is uh, this is the first birthday of the uh, the Quick Kicks podcast. If uh, you were with us back then, if you were one of the two people listening, uh, my mom and Mark's mom, that's um, exactly right. You know, you you've been with us for a year now, and we actually we figured out we've done 185 shows in a year. Uh, which means that if you have listened to us for the entire time, you've had about 65 hours of Schofield and Zada, which is more than I think anyone would say is within your recommended yearly limit. Qualifies you for hazard pay in some states, I think. Well, I hope so. You know, you, you do get paid double for that, so it's never a bad thing. Yeah. But let's, anyway, back to Kaiser here. Yeah, yeah I mean, people were pretty excited about that game against Texas, and they should have been. I mean, he, he had a great game. Um, made a couple of really impressive throws. Um, and with sort of the slow start that we saw from Watson, uh, people are kind of like, well, you know, maybe we'll open the QB1 discussion up a little bit more again because I think going into the season, people pretty much had Watson as your de facto QB1. I mean, yep. led Clemson to the national championship game last year, um, coming back for his, you know, it's probably going to be his final year and, you know, has a lot of the tools that you look for in a quarterback. So, you know, Watts was there to start the season, but, you know, Clemson hasn't looked great in these first two games now. And, you know, Kaiser, you know, Brian Kelly kind of, I think, it, if you got a beer to him, maybe mishandled the QB situation coming out of the season. But now, look, this is Kaiser's show. And, you know, he's taking the ball and run with it. So before we dig into to what you looked at with Kaiser, in general, what what did what do people see that really stands out as being positive traits uh, when they saw that first game against Texas? Pretty big arm. Um, made some pretty impressive throws from the pocket in Kelly's scheme. Now, I, I want to spend some more time this season kind of looking at what Kelly's doing on offense because in the tape that I've watched, you know, there were some sort of simplistic designs and there were some fairly you know, complex designs to their offense as well. So I want to see as the season goes along where they're going with that offense. But, you know, made some really nice throws. Had a beautiful throw on a wheel route out of the backfield for a touchdown. Um, and that, you know, that throw 
in addition to a lot of others, got people really excited. And, you know, one of the things that I saw on Twitter was that when you look at Kaiser versus Watson, if that's just the two people you're looking at, you know, Watson may end up being the guy that's the better college quarterback. But Kaiser, because of his size, because of his frame, because of the offense, is probably going to be a guy that maybe pro scouts and evaluators, when they're looking at his tape and looking at those two quarterbacks side by side, they might come down on his side, even though Watson makes some big-time flashy plays and that comes at offense. So looking at Kaiser, and as you started to dig into the tape, this was a game, you watched this game live as well, correct? That's right. As you started to go back and look through the tape, what stood out to you as you got your second look at Kaiser, what kinds of things were apparent when you got beyond that first glance? Well, I mean, you know, to be completely honest here, and this is a hat tip to sort of how we work at ITP, what I ended up writing about was something with John Ledyard, the great John Ledyard, um, co-host of the Breaking the Pain podcast with Matt Williamson. He sent me a message and was like, look, I just got done breaking down Kaiser's game against Texas. His ball seems to be dipping a bit near the end of each throw. It's got to be something here mechanically, but I just can't I can't put my finger on it, but I know that there's something there. So, you know, he was like, look, when you get a chance to watch him, let me know if you see the same thing and if you do, if you see a reason for it. So that's where I pretty much, you know, wanted to focus my attention was on his mechanics as I went through that Texas game rewatching it. Seeing it live, I didn't see this at all, this mechanical thing that I'm about to talk about that I wrote about. But going back through his tape, it was like, whoa, this is – how did I miss this? And – you know, that's what I ended up writing about. It was just something in his lower body that I think it's just a minor little mechanical flaw, but it's taken a little bit off of his throws. It's kind of turning him into a more of an upper body thrower, and he's got enough of an arm to get the ball there, but it does sort of tail at the end of some of his, you know, throws when he's trying to, you know, carry a distance or drive it into some tighter throwing windows. What is the flaw that you found as you dug into the tape? Well, it, it's it's weird. Like, one of the first throws that you see in that Texas game, it's a first and 10 situation in the first quarter, and they've got the football on the left hash on their own 28-yard line, and he throws a comeback route towards the right sideline. And it's a long throw. It's got to carry some distance. It's that typical you know, left hash to right sideline kind of throw that you'd like to see quarterbacks if they're going to be able to drive that in on a line. And the throw dips a little bit at the end. The receiver has to like bend over to make the catch, make an adjustment on the throw. And you see Kaiser's right leg sort of flare out to the side, almost parallel to the turf. And it, it looks really weird when you look at it and you know replay it back and play it back. And the more tape I watch, the more throws I watch, show, throws the dip on him, you see that leg flare out consistently. And what it's a sign of, what it's a sort of symptom of, and you know, I went back to all the quarterback manuals I have, I went back to all the coaching books that I've got, sort of read back up on the quarterback mechanics to make sure I wasn't making this up in my head. But it's sort of a symptom that that left hip is coming open just a little bit quicker than it should. Because if you think about it, and you can try to replicate this on your own, try to replicate the throw in motion as a right-handed quarterback, but flare that right leg out wide, almost away from the body as you throw. And you'll feel that lead hip, that left hip, sort of turn open quicker than the shoulders. Now, in the normal throwing mechanism the hips come open just the slightest bit ahead of the shoulders and that's fine because you want your left hip your off hip as well as your off arm and shoulder to sort of pull you through the throw that's how you generate more power that's how you become more of a powerful thrower it's not all arm you're using your body to create torque but here if that comes open too fast it's all off sync 
And it sort of it does two things. One, that leg coming out and away from the body, it sort of takes away from the centrifugal force that's generated when you're trying to throw a football. It like slows it down. It almost works like a parachute, like creates drag against the body as it turns forward. And secondly, because that hip comes forward first, it's not all in sync. It's not one fluid turn of the body. You end up throwing more off of your upper body, basically your your shoulder and your arm. It become, makes you more of an arm thrower. And so you don't generate as much power as you can when you add in the fact that the lower body is kind of working as a, an anchor or a parachute against the throwing motion. It all kind of slows it down. So you just don't generate as much power as you could. I have two things to say in response to that. The first is that I am incredibly happy that we don't do video because if you just saw me for like the last minute or two, I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm flailing legs and arms out and like it, it didn't look good. But I think also I can throw a lot farther now having gone through that. But there you go. I, I think but, I, I mean, do that too. Seriously though, <laughs> didn't you sort of feel it in that like left hip? No, it's – it, well, for me, it's my right hip. Just well, yeah, because you're left-handed. Yeah, I'm all kinds of weird, like, but yeah. You feel that in your, in your lead hip. It sort of like pulls away. You can feel it pulling, and you can, it just feels almost unnatural. No, it, it, it does, and you can feel that it's, it almost pushes you backward. And yeah. so it's, it, it just it, – as you say in the piece, it really negates any type of forward momentum uh, that a quarterback has. We're talking with Mark Schofield here about Deshaun Kaiser and his mechanics. Before we go further, just want to remind you that today's show is brought to you by Crossover Football, helping coaches to win more games and make smarter use of the film room with your team. Crossover breaks down and stats out your game film, giving you searchable clips, advanced ODK tendency reports, and a wealth of other great information that you can access from any PC or mobile device. Your formations and personnel packages can be labeled with your own terminology, and you can create custom highlight reels that can be exchanged with anyone on any platform, including all of your own players and coaches. To try one game for free, sign up for a demo at crossover.com slash pylon. That's crossover with a K dot com slash pylon, and you get one free breakdown when you sign up today. Mark, digging into Kaiser's tape, is this flaw something that shows up on all of his throws, on half of his throws, on a, hand, I mean, on a handful? Up, like, I mean, it how shows often? up on a lot of them. And, you know, I actually, there was a, a throw that I highlighted in the piece near the end where he's thrown from a crowded pocket. And you might think in that situation where he's got bodies, he's got a, you know, an alignment and a defensive lineman engaged to his right. So you'd think that this might be a situation where, you know, he he's not going to swing that leg open. It's not going to be, it's going to be a more compact sort of motion. But it's still there. There's still that quick, you know, early turn of the hips and the right leg sort of flares out and into the back of the legs of the lineman in front of him. It doesn't show up when he's on the move. And I didn't do this in the piece, but I've got it in my notes. But there are a couple of throws that he made where the ball didn't dip, but he's thrown on the move. He's rolling out to either side. And that's when, you know, you're really focusing on generating torque in the upper body because you know, your momentum's taking you one way or the other. So you really got to focus on getting that, you know, lead shoulder, getting everything around, shoulder, yeah. like getting it around and coming through and sort of whipping through that throwing motion. There's less leg, lower body involvement there. And on those throws, ball's coming out fine. There's like no dip to it and it looks great. It looks nice and crisp, good spiral, like the kind of velocity you'd expect to see from an elite prospect like I believe Kaiser is. If you are a coach at Notre Dame who's reading this piece and saying that Schofield guy's got his got his stuff together, we noticed this too. What do you do to fix it? 
you know, it's funny. After the piece came out, I had a couple of people sort of like reach out to me on Twitter and be like, look, you know, if you're trying to coach a kid, what are you going to do? And, you know, I go, I've gone through like the coaching books again because that's where I turned to first because, you know, I don't know everything. I know some stuff, not all of it. But, you know, they, they seem to stress that the first thing you want to try to do is focus on taking a, sh- a shorter lead step with that off leg, that front leg. Because what that's going to do, it's going to like make it just that much more compact of a throw in motion. And when you do that, you'll probably constrict the lower body as a whole. And that will sort of get that right leg sort of almost back in sync with the rest of the body. And once you start doing that, you'll notice a much crisper, more fluid sort of throw in motion. And it's not to say that the right leg, the trail leg flaring to the outside is a fatal flaw or is something that should never happen. You look at Tom Brady, you look at Peyton Manning, because I went back and studied you know, their throwing motions. I studied Cam Newton's throwing motion. I studied Andy Dalton's throwing motion. I looked back at some other quarterbacks to make sure that, again, I wasn't missing anything. And for example, Manning and Brady have a slight little flare of that leg, but as I highlight in the piece, you really want that leg going more forward and not to the outside. Theirs is ever so subtle. You really want everything sort of driving through to the target. And so if you shorten up that lead step, making a more compact throw in motion, you'll get more towards the target. I mean, at least that's the goal. And I think that trying to shorten that lead step is the way to do it. But if the Notre Dame coaches are reading my piece and like working off of that, eh, I don't know about that, my friend. Well, I mean, look, all I'm saying is, you know, you've, you've got your act together when it comes to these kinds of things. I mean, well, this is one of those things, though, that it's like, you know, when you're in like the seventh hole of a round and you're playing with, you know, two guys that you know or, you know, maybe another person that you know and two guys that you don't. Yep. And you like slice one into the woods. I mean, to use the golf analogy, we've talked about a lot of this show. And then you get some stranger kind of telling you how to fix your swing in the middle of a round. It's really not what you want to do. Like yep. You don't want to be like tinkering with your swing like mid-round. You want to wait sort of you know, to go home the next time you're at the range. So if I'm the Notre Dame coaching staff, I'm not sure I really want to start tinkering with his mechanics right now. Like You almost kind of could just ride it out with the way that it is. I mean, unless it really starts causing a problem. Because you know the other thing when that lead leg starts to flail out a little bit, I mean, that trail leg starts to flail, it can start to have an impact on accuracy. It hasn't had that impact yet, but if it starts to have an impact on accuracy as well, then they'll probably have to step it and sort of do something about it. You know, it's interesting because that kind of gets at an idea that we have talked about, you know, for the last year or so, which is that the college game, it's not built to develop NFL prospects. It's built to win. And so in this situation, you have something that may end up making Kaiser a better quarterback in the long run, but his coaching staff may not look to implement it now simply because it doesn't give them the best chance to win this year. Well, that's like the old Tim Tebow example back when he was at Florida. Oh, sure. It's like yep. Urban Meyer could have made him a better quarterback prospect, but would they have won the SEC with you know Tebow tr- sort of trying to work in that five-step drop game and a more compact throw in motion now? Why would you do that they, when you can jump? When you can jump pass, you know? When you jump pass and you know that's going to work on the goal line. They'll win games that way, and then you know let the NFL coaches worry about his throwing motion. Not in this isn't. I'm taking this totally off topic here now. Not a referendum on Tebow, but the jump passes. Like, is that the most overrated thing that I've I've seen? I just felt it wasn't important or impressive. And, and you've seen it a lot in the last ten years now. I, am I the only person unimpressed by the jump pass? I don't know. I think there's an element of the wildcat that is kind of unimpressive in the sense that like it's like this oh it's this new thing where like when a direct snap it to an athlete it's like 
it's just basically the single wing. Like, let's not go crazy here. It's just, you know, everything old is new again kind of thing. I mean, the jump pass, it's like, yeah, I mean, that was pretty unimpressive too. I guess, I mean, I grew up first and foremost as a basketball fan. So I also kind of, I look at a jump pass and I'm like, oh, you're going to travel. Like, you can't do that, but you can actually. So it's, uh, I mean, it's just, it's just not, I don't know. I had a soft spot for Chris Leak. I was kind of love hate relationship with Tebow anyway. <laughs> so, anyways, so this is going to be something that you're watching this year with Kaiser. Yeah, is, you know, how much? Definitely. How much does this come up? How much does it continue to affect him? Um, have you noticed this from any other quarterbacks in either this year's or last year's class? Did you go back and take a look at any of that? I didn't look at any of the guys um, in last year's class, and I haven't noticed it so far in the film study I've done in this year's class. Um, you know, I'm going through Mason Rand- Rudolph right now, and I kind of like him mechanically, um, but I haven't really seen it in other guys. But, you know, again, as I stressed in the piece, as I've said on Twitter, look, I might not be ready to, like, plant my flag on Kaiser Hill just yet, but I'm setting up a base camp at the bottom of that hill because – staging. Staging. We're staging, yes, to use the correct term. Because I, I do like a lot of what he does in the quarterback position. I think like pro pros, pro evaluators are gonna really like what he does. Um I'm still not, you know, giving up on Watson or anything. I still think he's a tremendous talent at the position. But, you know, it's all it's early. It's September. We've got a lot of time before the draft to, you know, build these guys up and tear them down, which is what we in the draft community do so well. It's pretty much all we do. So in any case, we are now through four days of the week, Mark. That means we've got one day left, and that one day is none other than Kicker Friday coming up tomorrow. And we've got Jets Bills tonight with, I believe, the color rush uniforms. Yeah, hopefully it goes a little better than the game well, between these two teams last year with Well, them. what they did, they tweaked it, so I guess the Jets are wearing white, or one of the teams is wearing white. Isn't white the absence of color? Yeah, so that I mean, should be okay, right? Like, were the colors rushing so fast that they just left the uniform? I mean, what what are we going for here? I think that's probably a good explanation for it. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll work with it. I'm, I just, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the promo shots for them, they're like, you know, they got the tagline, like, light up the night. You're wearing a football uniform. What does that mean? What does I that, don't know. I what, mean, what does I that mean? I expect this... them to come out wearing holiday lights. Well, or... Like, we could see, like, Tyrod Taylor with, like, a string of holiday lights on the shoulder pads. Like What, what I want to see is, did you ever see uh, either of the Tron movies? Oh, yes. You know, like, you've got, like, the the uh, like the lights in the, uh, the black suits and everything. Like, something yeah. like that. You do that, and I'm sitting there going, okay, now we got Color Rush. This is just like, wow, you're wearing an all-white uniform. That's called baseball. Like, yeah. I mean, wonderful. that would be cool if they came on the Tron uniforms. Oh, yeah. You know, full, like, you know, the glass face masks and stuff like that. I think that'd be pretty cool. Do you remember the computer game Tron? This is probably before your time, but there was, like, a really, like, basic sort of computer game of Tron. Played it, like, my freshman and sophomore year of college. It was just the uh, the, the light bikes, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, it I've... was just, like, left, right, left, right, playing against other people. Yeah. It was early days of, like, computer gaming. It was almost kind of like two-person snake. Yeah, Exactly. You know, that's that's kind of how I saw it. Instead of just playing against yourself, it was okay. It's you know, it's two person snake. It, so, I was bad at it. But well, you and me both. Whatever. You yeah. and me both. So that is all the time we have for the day. We are back tomorrow on the Quick Kicks podcast, doing a little bit of Kicker Talk on Kicker Friday. We'll see you then. Chuck's out and Mark Schofield out till tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>